Chapter Nine of Murder at Bridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Murder at Bridge by Anne Austen. Chapter Nine. For the first time during the difficult interview, Dundee was sure that Lydia Carr was lying. For a fraction of a second, her single eye wavered. The lid flickered. Then came her harsh, flat denial. I didn't see nobody. I presume your basement room has a window looking out upon the back garden? Dundee persisted. Yes, it has, but I didn't waste no time looking out of it, Lydia answered grimly. I was laying down with an ice cap against my jaw. She had seen someone, Dundee told himself, but the truth would be harder to extract from that stern, scar-twisted mouth than the abscessed tooth had been. Finally, when her lone eye did not again waver under his steady gaze, he dismissed her, or rather, returned her to Captain Strawn's custody. "'Well, Janet, I hope you're satisfied,' Penny Crane said bitingly, as she dashed unashamed tears from her brown eyes. "'If ever a maid was absolutely crazy about her mistress—' "'I'm not satisfied,' Janet Raymond retorted furiously. "'She's just the sort that would harbor a grudge for years, and then all hopped up with dope—' "'Stop it, Janet!' Lois Dunlap commanded with a curtness that sat oddly upon her kind, pleasant face. "'Listen here, Dundee,' Tracy Miles broke in, almost humbly. "'My wife is getting pretty anxious about the kiddies. The nurse quit on us yesterday, and—' "'And my little wife is worrying herself sick over our boy, just three months old,' Judge Marshall joined the protest. "'I'm all for assisting justice, sir, having served on the bench myself, as you doubtless know, but—' "'I'm all right, really, Hugo,' Karen Marshall faltered. "'Please be patient a little longer,' Dundee urged apologetically. "'After all, only one of these people could be guilty of Nita Selim's murder, and it was beastly to have to hold them like this. But one was guilty.' "'You knew Mrs. Selim in New York, Sprague?' he asked, whirling suddenly upon the man with the Broadway stamp. I met Nita Lay, as I always heard her called, when I was assistant director in the Altamont Studios out on Long Island, Sprague answered, his black eyes trying to meet Dundee's with an air of complete frankness. Wonderful little girl, and a great dancer. Screened damn well, too. I had hoped to give her a break some day, at something better than doubling for stars who can't dance. But it happened that Nita, who never forgot even a casual friend, had a chance to give me a leg up herself a chance to show what I can really do with a camera. "'I knew I'd seen your name somewhere,' Dundee exclaimed. "'So you're the man the Chamber of Commerce is dickering with. Going to make a movie of the founding growth and beauties of the city of Hamilton, aren't you?' "'If I get the contract, yes,' Sprague answered with palpably assumed modesty. "'My plans, naturally, call for a great deal of research work, a large expenditure of money, a very careful selection of stars.' "'I see.' Dundee interrupted. Then his tone changed, became slow and menacing in its terrible emphasis. And you really couldn't let even a good friend like Nita Selim upset those fine plans of yours, could you, Sprague? Even as he put the sinister question, the detective was exulting to himself. Light at last! Now I know why this Broadway bounder was received into an exclusive crowd like this. Every last female in the bunch hoped to be the star of Sprague's motion picture. "'I don't know what you're driving at, Dundee.' Sprague was on his feet, his black eyes blazing out of a chalky face. "'If you're accusing me of—of—' 
"'Of killing Nita Salim?' Dundee asked lazily. "'Oh, no, not yet, Sprague. "'I was just remembering a rather puzzling note of yours "'I happened to read this afternoon. "'That note you sent by special messenger "'to Breakaway Inn this noon, you know.' "'He had little interest for the sudden crumpling "'of Dexter Sprague into the chair from which he had risen. "'Instead, as Dundee drew the note from his coat pocket, "'his eyes swept around the room, "'noted the undisguised relief on every face, the almost ghoulish satisfaction with which that close-knit group of friends seized upon an outsider as the probable murderer of that other outsider whom they had rashly taken into their sacred circle. Even Penny Crane, thorny little stickler for fair play that she was, relaxed with a tremulous sigh. "'You admit that this note, signed by what I take to be your pet name, was written by your hand, Sprague?' Dundee asked matter-of-factly as he extended the sheet of bluish notepaper. "'I know. Yes, I wrote it,' Sprague faltered. "'But it doesn't mean a thing. Not a damn thing. Just a little private matter between Nita and myself.' "'Rather queer wording for an unimportant message, Sprague,' Dundee interrupted. "'Let me refresh your memory. Nita, my sweet,' he began to read slowly, "'forgive your bad boy for last night's row, but I must warn you again to watch your step. You've already gone too far. Of course I love you and understand, but—' Be good, baby, and you won't be sorry, Dexy. Well, Sprague? Sprague wiped his perspiring hands on his handkerchief. I know it sounds odd under the circumstances, he admitted desperately. But listen, Dundee, and I'll try to make that damn note as clear as possible to a man who doesn't know his Broadway. Why, man, it isn't even a love letter. Everybody on Broadway talks and writes to each other like that without meaning a thing. As I told you, Nita Lay or Mrs. Selim remembered some little kindnesses I had done her on the ultimate lot. When they got her up to take that little theater work Mrs. Dunlap is interested in, and she found that the Chamber of Commerce was interested in putting Hamilton into the movies in a big booster campaign. She wired me, and I thought it looked good enough to drop everything and come. Of course Nita and I got to be closer friends, but I swear to God we were just friends. And what was the friendly row about last night, Sprague? "'That wasn't a row, really,' Sprague protested with desperate earnestness. "'It was merely that Nita insisted on my casting her for the heroine of the movie, a thing I knew would alienate the whole crowd that's been so kind to us.' "'Why, since she was a professional actress?' Dundee demanded. "'Because she isn't a Hamilton girl, of course. And the Chamber of Commerce wants the cast to be all local talent,' Sprague answered, lapsing unconsciously into the present tense." "'And just what were you warning her against?' "'I told her before to watch her step,' Sprague went on more easily. "'You see, Dundee, Nita Lay is—was a first-class little vamp, and I could see she was playing her cards with the men here.' He indicated four of Hamilton's most prominent Chamber of Commerce members with a wave of his hand, to get them all so crazy about her that they'd vote for her as the star of the picture. I could see her point, all right.' It would have been a big chance for her to show how she could act. Well, I could see it was dangerous business. And that the girls, and he smiled jerkily at the tense women in the living room, were getting pretty wrought up over the way Nita was behaving. All except Mrs. Dunlap, he added. She didn't want to be in the picture, and Nita didn't make any headway at all with Peter Dunlap. Thanks, Mr. Sprague, Lois Dunlap drawled, with an amused quirk of her broad mouth. Get along with the row, Sprague. Dundee commanded impatiently. "'As I said, it wasn't really a row. 
I just pleaded with Nita last night to smooth down the girl's rumpled feathers and to make it clear to them that she didn't want the star part in the picture any more than she wanted any other woman's husband or sweetheart. Just a friendly warning. Sprague drew a deep breath. And that's all the note meant, absolutely. I see, Dundee said quietly, then quoted, Be good, baby, and you won't be sorry. That meant, of course, Sprague took him up eagerly, that I'd see she got a real part in a regular movie, after I'd made my hit with the Hamilton picture. Very plausible, very plausible indeed, Dundee reflected. And yet... Finally he lifted his head and let his eyes dart from face to face. All of you have stated, separately and collectively, that you heard no shot fired in Nita Salim's bedroom this afternoon, he said sharply. Is that true? He was answered by weary nods or sullen affirmations. Then, he continued, I must conclude that you are all lying, or that Nita Selim was killed with a gun equipped with a Maxim silencer. Never was a detective more unprepared for the effect of his words upon a group of possible suspects than was Special Investigator Dundee. End of chapter 9